Hello, lovelies. Welcome to Horror 421, the podcast, with your host, your friendly small-town horror author, Charles Campbell. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the frights in this week's episode. This episode of Horror 421, the podcast, is brought to you by Terror Tour. Music is a killer. Virginia Morgan is the lead singer of a band called the Valley Rats. They have embarked on a regional tour. There is excitement in the air, but there is also something else. One by one, members of the band receive ominous letters at each stop. At first, they think it is a harmless prank staged by a fan. Soon, they learn it is something much more sinister. The band will have to come together to play the show of their lives if there is any hope that they can survive the Terror Tour. Terror Tour can be found at valleyboypublications.com by clicking on the shop tab. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Horror 421 The Podcast. I am your host, small town horror author Charles Campbell, and today I have a very special guest that I'm excited to have on the show. I've admired her work uh, for some time now. Her name is Rachel Rodolfi. Hello, Rachel. Yeah, you, hi there. Hi there. How's it? How's it going? Good. Did I get the name right? You did actually, awesome. and you did very good with the uh, with the last name too. Nice. No stutter either. So yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, Rachel, uh, I've seen you know I don't think I've seen everything you've done, but I've seen quite a bit of your work through Henrik. So I've been jokingly calling some of this the Kuto connection because I've had so many guests that have been in Henrik's films or have been involved with Henrik in some capacity. So mm -hmm. you're another one in the Kuto crew. So thank you oh, again awesome. for coming on. <laughs> so we've got our, we've got our own little club now. Yeah. Yes. The, <laughs> the Kuto click, the Kuto club, the whatever yeah. you want to call it, but yeah, uh, the, the Kuto I connection. <laughs> I think I like the Kuto connection. I think that one's fun. Okay. Well, we'll, yeah. we'll roll yeah. that, but uh, yeah, yeah. We, I've had several of uh, uh, Henrik's cohorts on the show. Uh, so before we get into some of the specific movies and things, uh, why don't you give the listening audience a little background on yourself, uh, kind of how you came up in movies and some television. I know you've done both, so I, mm -hmm. I'd like to get a little background on Rachel and kind of bring us up to speed on how you got to where you are now. Um, well, it's it's kind of funny because actually acting was one of those things that I've always been interested in. I'd had an interest in it, but I was never one of those people where I was like, oh yeah, and I'm going to be in the movies and I'm like going to be in TV shows. And it was just always a thought in my mind, like, ah, I know I like memorizing things. So if I ever get a chance, like, I don't know, I guess I could be an extra in something or, you know, do a play someday. I don't know. And, um, one of my friends, uh, Joni Durian, um, years and years ago she was very interested in acting and had gotten in contact with several local directors in Dayton and um surrounding Ohio area and she told me she was like you know I met this guy Henrik and he he might need somebody for just one scene I really think you should I really think you should try it out I think you might enjoy it I think you'd enjoy working with him and uh so I did to do went went and did that one scene and that was for, um, uh, I believe that was Haunted House on Sorority Row. And okay. uh, just just one little, you know, one little death scene or, you know, I was supposed to be a ghost or whatever. Um, and I had so much fun with it. And, and Henrik kept asking me, he's like, oh, I've got another part. Like, you'll have a, a few more lines this time. Like, do you want to come back on? I was like, okay, sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll do it. And... Um, then finally it was like okay well you're already on set so much could you like do makeup for me and i'm like well I, I i don't really know how but i guess i could learn so then i'm doing makeup and i'm acting and then it's like well now that you're doing makeup and acting could you like make some of the props <laughs> i'm like okay <laughs> sure I, I can do that too and then by the time it got to boggy creek it was just like Hey, can you just produce for me? Like, do you think you you'd be interested in that? And and I remember asking him. I was like, okay, well, what does the producer do? And he said, honestly, all of it. <laughs> He's like, all the stuff you're already doing plus more. And I was like, okay, I'm I'm down for a good challenge. <laughs> okay. Well. So yeah, that's kind of how it snowballed all all from one little one little scene <laughs> well that's cool yeah Joni was a guest on the podcast last year 
her okay. she and, yeah she and john came on together so oh, they that's came on awesome. that, yeah they came on as a couple and they were they were awesome so yeah i love the way you guys interact with each other in all of these movies you know it's it's great to see familiar faces that are sticking together uh through the course of films so that was really kind of cool for me to see uh, one thing I do want to ask you before we dive into some specifics around some of the films and TV stuff you've done, this is a horror podcast. So I want to know when you were a kid, did you gravitate toward horror or was that something that came later? Um, it definitely came later, but it's interesting because I would, I would kind of say it was a matter of, um, environment and not necessarily personal like taste. Because um, I grew up in a, a very conservative Christian household, so like we didn't we didn't celebrate Halloween, <laughs> right? Um, you know, no horror. I think the the closest thing we got to a horror movie was like maybe you could count the Terminator, maybe. Okay. Um, so like I I had to wait to be thirteen to watch uh, Jurassic Park <laughs> because it was too violent. So, but, but the funny thing is like, so I was living in like this super controlled environment, but by the time I, time I was like 12, 13 years old, I was still sitting there talking about like vampires and werewolves and zombies and no one could figure out like, where did you learn about this stuff? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. It's just out there. And I think it's cool. Yeah. By the time I became an adult, I was like, no, I really am like interested in horror movies. And so now it's kind of like, I. I get to treat my inner child to these horror movies as like the experiences that I didn't get to have as a child. I get to have them now. And so it's kind of cool discovering things that are so old to people that grew up on it. And to me, it's right. like, this is this brand new thing for me. It's really exciting that way. Brand new and fresh for you. That's awesome. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I grew up with that stuff. So I always had it. So I, I, I wouldn't know what to do if I didn't have it when I were a kid. Well, now that you have it, are, are there any particular uh, films that really stand out in your brain? Are you a fan of uh, any particular genre in within the horror uh, category? Is there something, you know, is there a movie that maybe you like, oh, man, that's on. Let me let me watch it. You, you got to watch it every time it comes on. Definitely. Uh, John Carpenter's The Thing. Nice. Um, yeah, I, I, I love the atmosphere. Uh, same with Alien. I love the atmosphere in Alien. Um, I find the premise of just like being isolated and being hunted by something to be like primally terrifying. Oh yeah. Um, so I really enjoy those. Um, I I do like thrillers. Again, going back to the idea of like being scared primally. Right. Um, and on the other end of the spectrum, I really like the Hellraiser franchise. Um, probably has a lot to do with my conservative Christian upbringing <laughs> where I just like kind of jive with that. We're like, no, I kind of, I kind of get where this is coming from. Like I grew up with this. Right. Uh, so that, that's definitely a, a franchise that, you know, anytime someone mentions like, oh, would you like to watch this? I'm like, I don't care which one I'll watch it. Cause I know I'm going to, I'm going to have fun with it. So. Yeah. Well, so, that's yeah. cool. I, I'm kind of like you, uh, as far as the feeling of isolation and being, you know, hunted that kind of thing uh, one of my favorite films is called the descent so if you've never seen that go check it out i it, believe i watched that recently because it starts out where it's just them spelunking and then they're hunted right well it starts out there on a wild water rafting oh, okay okay adventure. no this is yeah this this may not be the same movie but check I'm out the descent whenever you get a chance um uh, and there are two versions of it out there. Both are the same exact movie, except the endings. There's a UK ending and a US ending. I prefer the UK ending, but both essentially have the same ending, except the UK ending extends it a little bit, and it extends it in a very important way. Um, so I don't know how you can separate those two uh, if you go rent it or you know watch it okay. somewhere. But uh, yeah, it's a pretty cool claustrophobic monster movie. And oh, a, I, yeah. Mostly a female cast. There's one okay. dude in it. And <laughs> I won't give it away, but it's mostly a female cast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I get it. No, you, it definitely checks off some boxes for me. So I, I definitely think I'm going to have to check that out. All right. So, well, now, 
I want to jump into some of the stuff you've done. And um, one of the movies that uh, I definitely want to get your take on, it's a favorite. It's one of my favorites. And of course, it's a Henrik film. Um, but it's Henrik and John and you and Joni and Aaron were in this film and it's called Devil's Trail. Yes. Yes. Tell me about the experience of filming Devil's Trail and how that came about from your perspective. You know, how, how did this thing happen for you? Um, well, this was this was one of the areas where um, Henrik came to me. He's like, I've got a role for you in a film. He's like, but could you also make some of the props? And he's like, it'd, it'd be really easy to make these props. I just need you to make, you know, the little the little wooden figurines and like the the witch's toys and everything. And I was like, oh, that's simple. I can do that in an afternoon. And um, I was excited because, you know, reading the script, I kind of knew what all was going on. I knew that my character would be kind of a little bit of a fake out. And I was excited. I was like, I really want to participate in building this up to the audience and then just really tricking them yeah, at right. the end, <laughs> just pulling the wool over their eyes. <laughs> um, so the thing, the thing is, um, we were filming, I believe, in it was either October or November. It was pretty late in the year. Um, and it had been unseasonably warm leading up to that. But then, of course, the weekend that we all go to film out in the middle of nowhere is one of the coldest that we've had. <laughs> that sucks. So um, I felt bad for, you know, for Henrik and John because they've got to stick out there, you know, 12 hours a day. Just, you know, what you see is what they've got. It's just the two of them and their cameras and they're trying to stay warm during, you know, all times of day and night and then it gets time to film me and Aaron and Joni and we've got to be buck ass naked and it had just been snowing like uh -oh. eight hours before <laughs> and so we're sitting there like we're trying so hard to be professional but we can hardly even we can hardly even remember our lines it's so cold and and Henrik was doing great. He he had, you know, blankets and our robes ready for us. And he's like, we'll do a take. We'll warm up for 15 minutes and then we'll do another take. Like, we've got time. We can do this. But we were all so cold at the end. And um, we all just huddled up and had, you know, like hot chocolates or like coffees oh, wow. as soon as as soon as we wrapped and we're like sitting there like huddling just like maybe eventually i'll feel my toes again but i don't <laughs> i don't think i can feel my toes now that would be but, fucking miserable that would be terrible but Ugh. it's you, like you get so excited about the project though that like you almost forget about how much it sucks oh i'm talking about you, yeah yeah <laughs> i don't know man being butt ass naked is freezing outside no, i don't know you have to give me a lot of hot chocolate and <laughs> <laughs> bribe you just a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, a lot more. Wow. But I... it was it was great. And, you know, we had a few other like crew members that were able to come out and help us with different different points in the shoot. And it was one of those times where it was just so much genuine fun. But again, we were so involved with the project. We were so involved with the fun that we didn't realize, oh, we've been working, you know, 12, 13 hour days and we're exhausted. Like you don't realize all that until you get home and you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Why do I feel so bad? It's like, oh, I because I just made a movie, you know? <laughs> you want to fall out when you get home, right? Oh, my, yes. Well, I, I really enjoyed that film and I love the banter between John and Henrik. I know a lot of it was off the cuff stuff, but, uh, you know, and I joked around with john about how he has to work on his slingshot skills you know i'm a southern i'm a southern boy and we used to shoot slingshots all the time and i'm like nah play that ain't working but i digress <laughs> <laughs> so i want to talk about another movie and we'll skip around a little bit like i said this is really a laid-back conversation but another role that you had that was uh it was a small role as well but it was a really good role and uh I talked to Joe about it um, a couple weeks ago because I recorded an episode with Joe Kidd, but it was from Scarewaves in yes. uh, his story arc in there. Uh, I thought it was very well done. I think it's my favorite story in this collection, to be honest with you, and I told him the same thing. 
But uh, from your perspective, how was it working on this anthology and that story in particular? And I thought you did a great job in that as well. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, that was that was fun because that was my second role. So I I didn't know what to expect. I honestly didn't. And it was it was um kind of like the the blinds opened <laughs> as soon as I got on set and I was like, oh, this is what it's like to be on an independent movie set. Because, you know, the the scene that I had done before for um, Haunted House on Sorority Row, literally I showed up and it was just Henrik and his cameraman and one other person with the lights and me in a shower. <laughs> and yeah. that was that was it. So I I didn't quite know. And so when I, I got on the set for Scare Waves, um, you know, as like met all these other actors and there's people getting into costumes and people getting out of costumes and, you know, there's people getting ready to set up a scene and people tearing down a scene. And then, you know, Henrik kind of ushers me in and he's like, okay, this is the room we're filming you in. You know, we'll have somebody come and do your makeup in a minute. And I'm like, there are so, so many moving parts to this. It's, it was honestly hard to comprehend at that point. And it was, it was even more exciting because all I all I got to see of the script was just my just my bit, um, you know, just my small part of the anthology, and so all I knew was there's going to be other stories, but you don't know what they are. <laughs> right, right. Well, it's a, it's a great collection, but like I said, that one stands out to me to me uh, uh, a little more than the rest. All the, they were they were all great though, but uh, I, I did enjoy that one quite a bit. Um, yeah, and and that was fun because um, I was actually working as a fine art model at the time when I filmed that, and that's part of the reason that Henrik approached me. He's like, "Hey, you already do this modeling thing. Like, you want to model and like say some lines too?" And I was like, "Okay, I guess like that's easy enough. I can do yeah. that." And that was kind of uh, one of the funniest critiques I've ever gotten from a director is. Henrik kept telling me, you don't move enough. And I'm like, well, yeah, I'm a model. Models don't move. He's like, no, but this is a movie. It's all lies. Just move more. Like, you look like you're dead. So I'm sitting there like, okay, I guess I'll fidget. Like, <laughs> this is well, weird. Well, Joe even tells you to stay still. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's like counterintuitive. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the other thing, and I didn't ask him this. Uh, now that you brought that up, was he really was he really doing something on that piece of paper? Was he just like I believe I believe that they had, they had some – some canvases that someone had already like painted on and so it was okay that like if he got some brush strokes on it but I they had you. other canvases that were just like blank canvases and so he'd sit there and like stroke on it but it doesn't have any paint on it so he's oh, just sitting you. there doing well, nothing you just heard how southern and redneck i am i said does he draw anything on that piece of paper you got in front of you? <laughs> <laughs> well there was paper in there too so okay, i think man. at one point he was sketching someone so <laughs> you're, you might have been thinking of just a different scene uh, no thank you for trying to recover that for me but no that's not it <laughs> <laughs> i tried i tried you tried you tried so i'm going to jump ahead again and this one you had a more significant role in and I thoroughly enjoyed the chemistry between you and Henrik together. Uh, two things I learned from this and Devil's Trail is never, ever, ever go camping with Henrik under any circumstance whatsoever. It will but end badly. End badly for you. It's found footage. Uh, uh, tell me about the this an, this series. I wanted to call it anthology, but it's a series. Um, I picked up this DVD. I thoroughly enjoyed every single story on here. And again, I think yours and Henrik's is my favorite out of these. But uh, they were all good. But, uh, yeah, you did a lot of work on this one, so I want to hear about it. Tell me about found footage and particularly that episode. Well, um, found footage was it very much born out of the pandemic uh, because all of us filmmakers were going crazy. Because I, I don't know if, if you know anyone thought about it, but when you have movies, there's a lot of people on set. And that was right. the one thing that we're not allowed to do at that time. So the thought was, okay, let's come up with concepts that we can film on our own and we'll make an anthology series. And so it'll be a TV series that each episode stands on its own. And um, the concept for me and Henrik's episode actually came from, I believe, one of the times that we were actually camping together. 
And um, we were driving out to this cabin and we were kind of just throwing ideas around. And we talked about like how scary it would be if you were camping and the end of the world happened, but you didn't know. And just what could go wrong with like trying to find civilization, but whoops, that doesn't exist anymore. And so you're just kind of left wandering in the wilderness, like how scary that would be. So when when we were all kind of throwing ideas around for found footage of the series, uh, Henrik brought that one back up and he's like, you know, we could we could make this a much more compelling story as a short story for a TV show than if we tried to draw it out for, you know, like a whole feature length film. Right. And so that one was actually, I think part of the reason that it was so easy for us to convey our chemistry is not just because we kind of tolerate each other every once in a while, but also because we'd been bouncing this idea back and forth for quite a while. And so it just kind of came naturally to be like, okay, this is the situation and this is what we're filming. We've been wanting to do this. So like, let's get it done. So it was very fun in that way. Yeah. Well, it was a great story. So, you know, I think I'm not sure. Is it still available on Tubi to watch? It is. Yep. Okay. So guys, uh, if you want to watch found footage, you can see it for free on Tubi or you can go to himflix.com and get this cool DVD, Blu-ray DVD combo. I believe he still has copies. I hope he does. Yes, um, he does. <laughs> okay. Well, you can pick it up there. Uh, I have a signed copy. He might sign yours. I don't know if you're special enough to get a signed copy, but uh, he sent me one. So hopefully you are. Uh, but anyway, you got to be one of the cool kids. <laughs> got to be part of the Kuto connection, right? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, what I want to talk about now is, like I said, the the chemistry between the actors that Henrik has in his stable that he goes to over and over again. Tell me how that works. You know, how do you guys get along so well? Or it appears to, it appears to me that you guys are like a well-oiled machine when you get together. And I know sometimes you have very thin scripts and sometimes you don't have any dialogue at all, but you make it work. So mm -hmm. tell, tell me how that feels and how that came together with these cast members that keep showing up. Well, um, to be honest, I think part of it is a good vetting process. I've got to give credit to Henrik is, um, you know, he's a good judge of character. So if he meets someone that he knows is going to work well on set, he's like, well, then I just want to keep working with them because I know they're going to do good work. Um, but the other part is uh, once once you get on set, there is kind of this group mentality that we're all kind of beholden to the project. And so it becomes a lot easier to make friends when you all have that one common goal of we want to see this movie or this TV show get made, you know, at the end of the day that's what we're here to do and so it's kind of a good combination because when you have you know henrik picking good people that he knows are easy to get along with and easy to work with and you know are hard workers and then you put a whole bunch of people like that together in a room or you know together on set it we all just kind of naturally gel um so it, it's it's kind of cool because you know it's it's like making a family and right. um you know once once, you know, we notice like, oh, Joe and Ia, you know, they work on set really well. Well, now we can start inviting some of the other um, actors that they've worked with because like we know they have similar standards or, right. you know, we can start spreading out a little bit and adding more people to our family. But it always comes at that, you know, that recognition of we've got to know that they're going to that they're going to fit in, that they're going to gel with everyone. So, um it it is cool watching those friendships and relationships develop because it starts out as being like we want to make this movie and then before you know it it's like hey do you want to come to my birthday party or <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want to go you know go get some beers or whatever like then you become you know the real family together so yeah well it it shines through in in your performances and you can kind of tell like Joni and um, John, they work really well together. I mean, he's had them as mm -hmm. brother and sister, husband and wife, all kinds of stuff. And they just seem to play off each other really well and play yeah. off each other so so well that they're a couple now. So <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> it's funny how that works. Yeah, it's funny how that works, right? It's like uh, Tom Holland, what's her face? So, yeah, that's oh, pretty yeah, cool. Oh, yeah, there you go. Uh, Zendaya, I think that's her name. I uh, believe so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so, so far to date – what is the favorite thing that you've worked on, whether it's in, on the television side or the film side? What is your project that 
stands above them all if you have one, something that you're really proud of? I would say um, top three okay. would definitely be uh, would be um, Scarecrow County because I really enjoyed uh, seeing how John Oak Dalton is is kind of stretching himself as a director and is really growing and like really starting to um, get his legs under him and and move in a direction that he you know he likes so it's exciting to see kind of that that growth so it was very fun being on that project in particular because john knew what he wanted uh he wasn't he wasn't asking you know do i really want to do this he was saying like i know i want to do this i want to make this movie and this is how i want to make it and it's like that's cool to see that development um and knowing that he wrote that character for me was very honoring because he you know he said like i just knew you're the person i want to be this character so i from the ground up i was thinking you've got to do this and and that was a great honor um the next one would definitely be found footage the series because um that was one that not only was it just fun to do not only was it fun to get out of the house and like make something in the middle of the pandemic it was also nice to know like we've all got that grit to just mm. keep going uh we didn't let life knock us down we said no okay these are the new circumstances so this is how we're going to be creative under those circumstances uh and i i think it was an important lesson for all of us and myself included it was very important to learn like we have that stick to itiveness right uh, and then uh boggy creek is definitely in my top three because again that one taught me how tough i am how tough our crew is because man you want to talk about how hard it is to make a, a movie making a tv show is much more difficult no i'm sure <laughs> it's a lot I'm more sure. involved <laughs> so we survived and we made it and it turned out great and i'm proud of us for that yeah well boggy creek is a great series i i when it was on amazon i watched it and then they took it off amazon so i bought it so i have it you know the digital version and i think it was available on tubi it may still be on tubi it is i think okay so uh guys you can go watch boggy creek the series uh it's a great series and Bigfoot isn't exactly the monster you think Bigfoot is in that series. No, uh, no. Big, Bigfoot's kind of a great guy. <laughs> yeah, like Bigfoot, like I would let Bigfoot watch my pets over the weekend. Yeah. Like, yeah, like Bigfoot is not all that bad. And I, I like it because you kind of you kind of uh, grow to love Bigfoot by the end of the series. You're like, man, I really like this. I like this monster. He's right. not He's not too terrible. And it's the humans that are monsters. So, exactly. Yeah, you've <laughs> got to watch out for them, though. you got to watch out for the humans. But, uh, yeah, that was a great series. I thoroughly enjoyed it, and uh, I know you worked hard on it. Now, there's another movie that is going to premiere – soon i think people can catch it on tubi i don't want to give it away too early if if i'm not supposed to but uh, i know it's available for people to watch so i'd love for them to watch it but i thoroughly enjoyed this movie um jesse james unchained and i thought you were hilarious in it uh i thought you played a good um well, i don't know Ying to the Yang of John Hambrick. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So if you could give our listening audience a little overview of what the movie's about, how you got involved in it, what you worked on in it, and your, a little bit about your character. I know that's a lot in one question, but I was so intrigued by this movie. And it's a Western. <laughs> it's not a horror movie. So, uh, But it's a fantastic film. I, I, I watched uh, a good chunk of it again last night to kind of prepare for this, but uh, that would be okay. my second time seeing it. But uh, I'll be quiet. <laughs> well, so the the basic premise of Jesse James Unchained is after uh, after Jesse and his brother kind of split ways, um, Jesse kind of laid low for a while and then decided that no, this you know I can't just I can't just leave the life of crime behind me. I've I've got to do you know one last you know kind of kind of like the uh, crime heist 
yeah. uh, spiel is like, hey, you know, I've got I've, I've got one last ride in me, you know. Yeah. Well, the problem is people don't take too kindly to Jesse James being around these here parts. And right. so my character, who is kind of a sassy uh, bounty hunter, uh, comes after him and manages to trap him. Well, the problem being they're stuck together by a chain and they've lost the key. So now not only are they trekking through the wilderness stuck together, another group of bounty hunters who are not nearly as polite as my character are also on their way to catch Jesse James. And so we've got to face down with them as well. Um, and the way this came to be is this this had been kind of a vague idea that had been um, bubbling around the the Kuto pot. Um, <laughs> and finally, uh, Henrik approached John Oak Dalton about it and said, like, I really want you to write this screenplay. And Dalton wrote it. And it was, again, one of those projects where uh, he said, he said to me afterward, he's like, I always knew, like, I wanted... I wanted John to be Jesse James, and I was always envisioning you as being the bounty hunter because I really think that you would have fun with it. And boy, was he right. Yeah, <laughs> I just had such a blast with it. Um, and I, I enjoyed it, too, because John really knows his stuff and he did his research. And, you know, he didn't just pull this information out of the sky like, sure, my character is made up. But a lot of the things that Jesse James talks about, a lot of things she talk about are things that were actually going on at the time. So it's, you know, it's a it's a it's fictional, but it's got a basis in re reality. So that's kind of fun that, you know, it wasn't totally made up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and John strikes a great cowboy profile. Oh, you know? my, yes. Yeah. yeah. He, he looked like it, and the in, you know. His outfit kind of matched his hair, so yeah, he was like color coordinated, and I was like, ah, this guy, he he looks like a legit cowboy. <laughs> and I'm I'm very glad you mentioned that because you asked what was some of the things that I did on set, and being the producer, one of the things that I did was I pulled together all the costumes. So I did actually color coordinate. I wanted all the bad guys to be the dark, grungy, grimy colors. And then right. Jesse James had his own color palette. And then my character had her own color palette so that everything was a little bit visually coordinated that way from my end. Yeah, well, it looked good. It looked really Thank good. You. So you did a great job there. Um, now, you've talked about, you know, uh, you've touched on some of the challenges uh, you faced, but I want to go deeper into that. Give me some of the challenges you faced um, as an actor, as a producer, as a, as a, as a gadget a uh, uh, jack of all trades on these movie sets and <laughs> television series because I'm sure you've had challenges and I'd really like to hear what some of them are. <laughs> well, um this is only for me. So I can't speak to to other producers, but right. my biggest hurdle to overcome constantly is human error and myself. <laughs> because if I was an autom an automaton, I could do the job perfectly and there would never be any complaints. But unfortunately, I'm a human being and yep. I make mistakes sometimes. So, you know, that could be everything from, you know, on Boggy Creek, I accidentally scheduled um, Joni Durian and Mike Holinsky, uh, I believe, like three hours before their actual call time. So they Ooh. were just kind of like sitting around doing nothing. Um, but see, that's the great thing about working with Henrik is another, another director and producer team, they would have been like, oh no, we just wasted their time. Like, we're going to be upset about it, blah, blah, blah. And Henrik said, no, they are going to practice their yeah. lines for that entire three hours so that when their scene starts, we can get it all in one take. And then it's not a waste of time. We can get ahead of schedule and they can go home early. And it's like nothing ever happened. And so... Every 10 minutes, I would go back over to them and I'd be like, are you practicing? Are you practicing your lines? Where is your script? Your script isn't in your hand. You're not practicing your script right now. You need to be doing that. They hated it. But we got all of those scenes in one take. Nice. <laughs> so, nice. Um, you know, there was another time where um, 
a, a lot of these stories are Boggy Creek because, again, it was a big project. So oh, yeah, yeah. A, a lot of it goes back to that. But we were filming on a farm and uh, we were filming outside. And unfortunately, the farmer's dog would not shut up. <laughs> and he's just doing his job. He's a farm dog. He's supposed to bark right. at people. So my job that night was standing there with doggy biscuits while they were filming and any time the dog would start to growl, I would hand him another doggy biscuit <laughs> <laughs> so that he wouldn't interrupt the take. Um, you know, and other challenges are I forgot to pack a saw one time for one of the scenes. And so we didn't have the right props. <coughs> so, yeah, all of it is human error stuff that could have been handled if I was a computer. But outside oh, yeah, of that yeah. well, it's, <laughs> i've got to just make do yeah well it sounds like you know sounds like the kind of stuff that happens to everyone every day so that's you know i wanted to kind of figure out you know some of the challenges that you faced uh doing all this stuff because you do a lot of stuff and that's pretty impressive well thank you yeah mm -hmm. um so as far as you know the costumes and the props uh a lot of my job entails getting the costumes ready which mostly just means browsing on amazon and then sending links to henrik and saying we need this for the movie right and either he'll say okay i'll buy it right now or he'll say hey it's kind of expensive can you find it cheaper on like ebay right right <laughs> for for the uh makeup it really is just get all the actors in a line and i kind of just get them looking as pretty as i can um, might occasionally say like, hey, your hair's kind of messed up. Can I comb it a little bit? Or, you know, hey, I noticed like you got a little thing going on right here. I'm going to cover that up a little bit. Um, and then the other producer stuff is just, you know, booking locations, getting in touch with actors, making schedules, trying to get all of the schedules to line up um, and making sure that everything is ready to go, which again, inevitably you'll forget something <laughs> yeah, yeah but you try to do your best well i've actually i've asked you about your challenges i want to flip that question and you you've already gave me your top three but what are some of your what are some moments of elation for you uh you know some things that went really really right and uh you know you were elated at the outcome um i'm curious you know on that side of the coin what are some of your big wins at, in your career so far um, I would say the, the kind of end climactic scene of Boggy Creek really sticks out to me. Um, because first off, it's, it's just a fun, open-ended, it's, it's not really an end. You know that the story could keep going on. The characters are probably still out there hunting down Bigfoot, right. but it was a nice little way to say like, we're done with the story for now. And it was so beautiful to see all of the cast and crew come together for the, those last few scenes, for those last few shots. And, and even though we're tired and exhausted and, you know, hungry and grumpy and, you know, somebody's got to use the bathroom and somebody's feeling sick, we all come together and we gave it 110%. And boy, did it turn out great. Yeah. Yeah. And um, similarly, all of filming for uh, found footage, the series, filming with Henrik, all like every single bit of it, I was like, man, we are doing great. Like we are really doing that thing that we wanted to do. And as far as my acting, um, I, I think that Jesse James Unchained, the scene around the campfire. I think was one of those moments where we got done doing a take and everyone just kind of sat around solemnly not saying anything for a few moments. And I was like, was okay, a, I, I did That was a great scene. Good. Yeah, that was a I great scene. Good. Guys, go check out Jesse James Unchained on Tubi. Uh, I don't know if you guys are going to have a DVD available of that sometime in the future. but uh, I, I know it will be, but it's being distributed by someone else, so I'm not certain uh, okay. when. Oh, okay. But I know it's, it's coming. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Awesome. Well, 
we've talked about a lot of things that you've done and some things that are coming out very soon. Um, are you involved in Smart House? Are you involved in that project? I did one scene. Okay. And I provided a voice that kind of shows up in the background from what I've been told. I haven't I haven't actually seen it yet. But okay. from what I've been told is the voiceover that I did is used in the background in like one or two scenes. And I did one one scene where you just kind of see me and it I guess it explains a little bit about the villain. I guess. Um so I wasn't heavily involved with that one. Okay. Um well, that's another one I'm looking forward to seeing. But my, uh, my question is going to be, you've done a lot so far, but what are your aspirations as an actor, uh, well, producer? Do you want to go full-fledged behind the camera and direct something? Have you directed something? Uh, I didn't ask that question. Maybe you've already directed <laughs> something, and I don't know. But, um, uh, in, in Well, I did direct something in high school. Okay. Um, it was a very enlightening experience, and – what that one experience from high school told me is I don't necessarily like directing. I like the production aspect, um, but I may eventually try directing again. You know, maybe having, you know, two or three decades of experience, I might enjoy directing in some capacity now. But yeah, in high school, um, I was just way too frustrated with the actors. I was just way too frustrated with everything. And I had to deal with the camera and I had to like answer all, all of everybody. So it was just way too much. Yeah. Um, so that one, I won't, I'll never say never, but I'm not sure if it's, if it's in the cards for now, gotcha. as far as producing, um, pretty much anything that Henrik makes now, uh, I, I would like to produce it. Um, we work really well as a team and I enjoy knowing that I can help I can help him do his job as a director better by taking away the job of being producer. So I, I, I like that, um, you know, you, you spoke about the yin and yang of different characters, but there is that yin and yang of our creative aspect is he can do the, the directing, I'll do the producing. So whatever he wants to make, I'll help out. And as far as acting, I know that there's, um, one script in particular that, that Henrik and I have been talking about for years that I would love to see come to life. It's just a matter of finding the right time to film it. So I know there's that one, but anytime, you know, anytime John or Henrik say, Hey, could you be in? I'm going to say yes. <laughs> right. So, right. so I just enjoy working with both of them so much that it's like, Oh, I'll just do it. Like, you know, whatever they need for me, I know I'm going to enjoy the project. So yeah, I'm well, excited. I we had John on our podcast last year and I, I'm very intrigued by him. And you mentioned Scarecrow County earlier. Um, and so we'll go back to that a little bit. We didn't really talk about that a lot in detail. How was it working on Scarecrow County with John? Uh, I thought the movie was great and I thought, you know, you were great in it. So uh, let's talk about that for a couple of minutes. It, it was a ton of fun um, for, for my character. We did one weekend out in Indiana um, where he lives and then one weekend here in Dayton and um, it was great going out to Indiana because again I, I one of the things I loved seeing is seeing how John is coming up into his own and seeing the group of people that he's surrounding himself with in Indiana was so cool because it's like man he's doing the thing he's he's got his core group uh, we're going to have to come up with like a cool name for them too, like the Dalton something, but we'll come up with an, like they're, they're their own club now. Like it's cool. Right. And meeting all these new people and making new friends and, um, it, and then coming back to Dayton, it was really fun because we were pretty much just filming where it was just me and John and Henrik behind the camera and so John's sitting there directing me. And so we got to get really intimate together about what is going on in this character's head. What is she thinking and feeling? And which directions can I pull that in so that we're really making the most out of her screen time? And it was so much fun because, you know, there were times where he would say, like, this is the way I, I want you to do it. But there was a lot of times where he's like, 
tell me what you want to try. Like as the actress, what do you want to do with this? And so there was a very good collaboration together of just this give and take of him having ideas and me building off of it. And then he'd kind of springboard off of that. Yeah, John, he sounds like a very cool person to work with. And he, you know, from what he's done and I've kind of looked at, you know, some of the things he's written and the things he has out there. And as an author, that kind of stuff always intrigues me. But uh, he's a guy I'd like to get to know a little better. We, I'm definitely going to have him back on the podcast uh, because, you know, uh, I think he's got a lot of great ideas that, that need to be expressed on film somewhere. <laughs> oh, I, I absolutely have to agree. And he's he's creative and he's humble. He, yeah. and, and that's a that's a rare combination that you don't find a lot. Um, but that just makes him so much more open to collaboration is because he knows he doesn't have all the answers right. and he wants to work with other people to grow his creative vision. So yeah, I, I think that you should get to know him better. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, the, the, the film that actually kind of introduced me to Hendrick and all your cast of characters wasn't even a film directed by Henrik. It was a John film and it was the girl in the crawl space. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I got that movie oddly enough at the dollar store. It was a bin of horror movies or mostly horror movies. And that cover intrigued me. I was like, wow, what can I lose a buck? So <laughs> bought it, brought it home with a stack of shitty horror movies. Half of them were crap, but popped that one in. And I was like, wait a minute, this is actually good. So I sat down, I was like, wow. And then that's how I got introduced to a lot of the core characters that I see throughout Henrik's and John's projects. And, you know, that's when I reached out to different actors and Henrik to kind of find out what was going on with you guys and Weekly Spooky and all that stuff. So that's kind of how I got involved in that stuff. But, yeah, it's kind of cool the way things just come together um, and work out. So, yeah, yeah. No, and that's that's too fun that um, you, it that it was girl in the crawl space, yeah. Because that's just one of that's not even one of the ones that people you know people think of you know babysitter massacre you know right. they'll, they'll talk about that one they'll talk about scare waves like that right. one's very well known and then girl in crawl space like it's great but not a lot of people have caught on to it yet so i'm glad you got introduced to that one super early well that's the first one i mean i didn't know who any <laughs> of you guys were uh and like i said i was literally at the dollar store perusing the horror movies because you know you'll get a you'll get a decent one every once in a while and i like indie horror anyway i like to support indie horror uh, when i go to conventions i'll buy indie horror and even if it's you know not the best quality in the world they're trying you know yeah and and they're putting their best foot forward trying to be creative and i'm the same way as a writer i don't i'm not stephen king i don't write the best shit in the world but people seem to like it and i have my own little click the campbell click or whatever you want to call it but uh, the people who follow me and actually buy my stuff so i kind of get it and yeah. when when the icing on the cake is when it's good that's even better <laughs> <laughs> absolutely absolutely well, uh, and I, that's that's just a good reminder that you never know where you're going to find a hidden gem. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it it was awesome. I, I I mean, and it grabbed me right away. The opening scene, and I was like, oh man. And I sat there and watched it, and then I was like, well, what else have these guys done? So I started doing the you know the detective yeah. online, and then found actors' names and Henrik's name and John's name, and <laughs> messaged Henrik on facebook and found weekly spooky i said hey i'm a writer you want to read one of my stories and 10 stories later yeah so <laughs> <laughs> and the rest is history the rest is history so it's it's pretty cool to be connected with you guys and i've you know yeah. i've always admired your work for sure uh you seem to be passionate about it and you know what you're doing and it's good and the chemistry comes right off the screen oh that is much appreciated thank you um so I said, what do you, what are your aspirations? You touched on that quite a bit. Uh, do you have anything that you're looking forward to that, that you're maybe working on? I know you talked about a script that uh, you probably don't want to talk about yet, but is there something that you're looking forward to that may be coming out soon or that you got in the fire that you're going to start working on filming, producing in the near future? Well, we're, we're definitely going to be working on Babysitter Massacre 2. Um, nice. 
so we we actually have Babysitter Massacre 3 in the can. It was finished in 2019. It's been edited and it's ready to go, but we can't release it because we don't have two. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so, so that's that's been really, really fun to deal with. Uh, so the biggest thing that I'm looking forward to right now is getting Babysitter Massacre 2 done. Um, I've read the script that Henrik re, uh, rewrote and it's amazing. It, I couldn't put it down. I had to read it all in one sitting because I was like, man, this is so good. Like, I just can't stop. Um, and that one is going to be a really fun challenge because I will be acting and producing on it. Okay. And that's... That's something that I can do, but it is a challenge because it's almost like you have to act activate like two different parts of your brain at the same time. Um, so that's why it's really cool that we've got such a great core group of people because it'll be so much easier for me to say like, hey, you know, John Dalton, can you help me with like this kind of producer stuff so that I can focus on doing the acting stuff so that like the scene actually looks good. Right, right, right. <laughs> or, you know, hey, can somebody please help me out and just handle these few minute tasks so that I can focus on doing the producer stuff and then doing the acting stuff later. So it it's going to be a lot of fun to um, stretch those muscles creatively and also finally get this done so that we can have this trilogy that we've, that we've wanted for so long. Now you say trilogy. Or is this going to be like a, a a continuation of the first movie in some regard or is are they three standalone stories well or are the two and three connected Sorry. so one and two are connected but in the tradition of most if not all great uh slasher flicks the third one is really only connected in name gotcha um, now with the third one, the girls used to be babysitters, but they aren't anymore. And it's only really brought up a few times in the script where it's like, yes, like when I was babysitting those kids a few years ago or something gotcha. like that. So, but that was kind of, uh, that was planned and it was decided to, um, we decided to go that way because it's like, man, but when you think about like slasher flicks, you think like Halloween and then Halloween two, and then what was going on with Halloween three or, you know, all these other slasher flicks where it's yeah. like, what happened with the third one? Like, it doesn't even have anything to do with everything else, <laughs> but they gave it the same name. So we we're like, you know, it'd be kind of fun to like do it that way on purpose. Like that's yeah. our plan. So <laughs> I actually like season of the witch. So I'm one of those weird people. Again, I got into horror later on in life. And so as an adult, I was like, this is delightful. This is just fun, just storytelling. Like, this right. is just a fun piece of cinema. So when I, you know, when I was shown it, I was like, oh, this is fun. And then I heard, like, people really don't like Season of the Witch. I'm like, but why? Like, yeah. Well, I, I lived during that time when they were coming out. So I went to the theater and saw it and people were pissed. They're like, this isn't that fucking Michael Myers in it. Blah, blah, blah. Like, well, I thought it was great. Yeah. <laughs> like what wasn't to like, like yeah. it was outrageous. It was gory. Like it was uh, scary. I, I wanted a silver shamrock mask when I left the theater. So for real though, <laughs> for real, I think they sell those now. Yeah, I'm sure they do. They sell everything now. <laughs> you can buy legit or bootleg, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yep, yep. Oh, wow. Well, it has been a joy talking to you, Rachel. And what I want to do to close the podcast out is I would like for you to share with the audience anywhere they can find you. Um, you know, if you want to share your, share your social media contacts, anything you want to plug at this time, anything you want to put out there, hey, look out for this. Uh, I'll include links to anything that, that you have in the podcast um, notes below, but I'm going to be quiet and let you have the floor. Okay. Well, first off, uh, you definitely want to check out Tubi uh, because pretty much any of the movies that I've been in for Henrik or John Dalton are going to be available there and as well as the TV series. Um, if you want to check me out on Instagram, my Instagram handle is rredolfi, R-E-D-O-L-F-I. 
Uh, you can always find me on Facebook, Rachel Rodolfi. Um, and I do also have a Facebook profile that's just for my artwork, and that is Rodolfi Fiber Fantasies, R-E-D-O-L-F-I, Fiber Fantasies. And that one's real fun because that's where I upload uh, personal artwork for me. Occasionally, I'll show a little behind-the-scenes stuff of, like, making uh, props or making costumes for movies, but it's a lot more focused on uh, my drawings and my paintings and my sculpting. So it gives people a little uh, different perspective on what I do in my free time. Uh, I got so, yeah, you. That, yeah. yeah, I want to kind of stop you right there for a second because you brought up a different aspect that I definitely want you to touch on before we sign off this podcast. So we might go a few minutes longer than we normally do, but <laughs> tell me about your artwork. I, I really haven't, and that's shame on me, I really haven't noticed it as much as your film work, but, uh, you know, I'm very interested in artists as well as law as a lot of the audience and people in horror and creative folks. So give me a little rundown on what you do as an artist. Um, well, I just like in my acting and producing, I'm a, a bit of a jack of all trades. Um, I do illustrations. So actually the devil's trail, uh, the Dr devil's trail cover that you showed, uh, I illustrated that. Oh, cool. Um, so I've also done illustration for Amityville No Escape. Uh, I did one for Eric Whiting for his limited release of Primordial. I did one for uh, one of Henrik's books. I did the cover. So I do some illustration work. Um, I'm also a sculptor. That's what I uh, focused on when I went to art school. Uh, but I decided that I don't want to be one of those normal people who like sculpts with clay or sculpts with paper mache or anything like that. I decided, no, I've got to be different. So I sculpt with wool. Uh, so I take wool from a sheep and I poke it with a special needle and I can make shapes out of the wool and then I can make sculptures out of out of all of that. Oh, wow. That's super unique. I've never heard of that before. Does anyone else do that? Uh, yeah, it is an art form called needle okay. felting, um, and it's a fairly new art form. It's only been around since like the 70s and 80s, um, but okay. it's been used before that. The Probably the best example of needle felting that you would be aware of is the um, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer special. Oh, Oh, okay. So you know how the the reindeer characters they looked kind of fuzzy and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's because they were made out of wool. Oh. The more you know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah, you you just learn something new about non horror movies too. Um, but yeah, so I make you know dolls, figurines, and characters. But I've done um, you know I made like a bucket head figurine out of wool. Um, I've made, you know, I've made like a Michael Myers and a, um, oh, see, I did Michael Myers, Leatherface and, uh, Freddy Krueger, like little tiny, adorable little like figurines out of wool. Holy and those shit. were fun because like, yeah, they looked terrifying, but they were also like really, really cute too. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. So, um, and I also do 3D printing. So, and that one's a lot of fun because I can just make a design and then just throw it on my printer. And as long as the printer is calibrated, it will just make something for me. So that one's kind of like a set it and forget it kind of art form. Um, but wow. what's really cool is making all that different stuff. I can tie it into making me movies. So, um, you know, I was in charge of you know, making the uh, fake dead uh, cougar for one of the episodes of Boggy Creek. And so I got to use like all these different art forms that I'd learned. I'm like, wow, and now I'm making like a fake, you know, a fake lion. That's kind of cool that I'm doing <laughs> this. <laughs> well, that is cool. Um, is your art, can people commission that kind of stuff from you? I'm just curious. Yes, I can. Um, so a lot of people will contact me uh, privately over, over Facebook or over Instagram, but people can also find me on Etsy and um, they can either commission me on Etsy or they can just buy one of the items that I've that I've already made. Okay, well, if you can send me some some images, I'll stick them on the end of the podcast so people can see kind of some of your work. 
Okay. Uh, yeah. If that I works will. that way. It can. Yeah. No, I'm glad we kept going because I was very interested in that. And I'm definitely interested in the little horror figures that you made. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I'll see if I can uh, pull some pictures up because I know that I know that I had some pictures, but I don't know if I deleted them or not. So, uh, uh, yeah. okay, all right. Oh, I know. I'm I'm, I'm gonna have to get yeah. <laughs> I just well, as soon as I get home, I'm gonna be pulling out my hard drive. Like I know I have these somewhere. I've got to find them. <laughs> oh my goodness, my goodness. Well, Rachel, it was uh, a delight to have you on today. Uh, so glad I finally got to talk to you. Um, it was, it was done, lovely talking to you. You've done some amazing work and I'm, you know, I'm proud of the things you've done and I know you're going to do a whole lot more. So I'm looking forward to it. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. And I am Charles Campbell, your host, small town horror author. You can find me at valleyboypublications.com. Uh, you can buy a book or two or 13. Number 14 comes out in, on Halloween. It's called The Piano Witch. And uh, I did have a printout of the cover around here. Oh, here it is. Uh, local artist did the cover, John Stoney Cannon. And, oh, wow. Yeah. Well, this is on glossy paper, so it kind of it's kind of glossy on the screen reflecting. But, uh, yeah, you can pick up the Piano Witch. And the first story is going to be featured on Weekly Spooky in October to get you primed for it. And you can pre-order it now if you'd like at valuablepublications.com. You'll get a lot of cool extras with it if you do pre-order. You can find Horror 421, the podcast on Facebook. We have our own Facebook page. And I'll also host another podcast for musicians only called Backstage 421. So go take a listen to that podcast uh, if you're into music. And uh, that's all we have for today. So we'll see you next time on Horror 421, the podcast. Thank you, guys. We hope you had a horrific time, lovelies. Thank you for tuning in to Horror 421, the podcast. Be sure to like us on YouTube and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.